0: Reese, welcome, mate. Welcome to Dive In. How are you doing today, buddy?
1: Bro, so good. So good. Thanks for having me, man.
0: Pleasure. Always, always, I open my arms to South Siders occasionally. Uh, so you're the exception for today. Hey, I did tell you beforehand. <laughs> I did live on the North Side. That's even worse. That's a traitor. No. <laughs> so I was, I, I was saying to, to one of the guys earlier on today, Max. I'm like, so you're betraying us? You're moving down to New South Wales? He's, I'm not, I'm not, le- I'm not betraying. I'm just joking. That's That's way south. <laughs> <laughs> but he was always from south. So, mate. Um, so today we're just gonna introduce you to the people, um, have a little talk about your journey, and then talk about like your your call to action, what you're doing with your life now. So, okay. um, as if you guys might have picked up, there's a little bit of accent. So Reese is from across the pond. Uh, New Zealand. <laughs> so tell us whereabouts in New Zealand you grew up.
1: Yeah, bro. So I'm from uh, Wellington, New Zealand.
0: Where's that? Um, where down is, the bottom. <laughs> of, yeah, down
1: the bottom of the North Island, and it's the capital. Most people think Auckland's the capital, but Wellington's actually the capital. <laughs> just thought I just want to state that, He like, what?
0: Yeah, I guess Auckland's the big, is bigger, busier city. Yeah, like I've, I've been to oh, Auckland.
1: I think most of the populations in Auckland.
0: Yeah, I've, I've I've been to Auckland, Christchurch, Queenstown. I've never been to Wellington or what's is it, Rotorua? Is the other North place? Rotorua yeah, Tampa, where everyone yeah. tends to go. Um, but yeah, what's life? Is it's wet, isn't it? As far as I know, <sighs> windy, windy <Yeah>. Wellington.
1: <laughs> um, oh look, mate, on a good day like anywhere, it's beautiful. But um, I've been back a few times in the winters, and I'm just like, how do I survive this as a kid? Like zero snow on the hill sometimes snow on the land like
0: can you get a little snowboard or a ski in there or is it not high enough
1: nah it's like you could walk up to it but he wouldn't get up wouldn't yeah that's not queenstown no no oh, queenstown's <laughs> beautiful love it because i lived up in the valley so like 30 k's out of wellington city so i lived in the hut and um yeah it's beautiful like i got hills either side i do it my running I used to do all my running and training in there because i could just you know walk out the door run
0: 1k and i was in the bush like, that's awesome so nice. and no and snakes no snakes.
1: <laughs> I was saying to someone the other day, I was like, I'd, move, I'd love to move back home just for the bush because I hate snakes.
0: We, we we did a fence at my house uh, a couple of weeks ago because I've got huskies and they keep eating my thing. Like literally they ate my motorbike, my car. They ate your motorbike? Yeah, 1200 bucks to get it repaired. They ate the brake line, the fuel. <laughs> yeah, like I love them. They'll, they'll be a fur coat. And we're like, oh, well, we need, just need to get this fence fixed around the back. Yeah. And I get a message or a call every day from the chippy's uh, apprentice. And he's like, we just found two more brown snakes in here. I was like, okay, just don't step on them. You'll be right. He goes, okay, all right, nice. Just in case the kids, I go, the kids know not to play with brown snakes. It'll we'll be okay. <laughs> it's just, it's just not very, we, we, we're very like liberally okay with snakes in Australia, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's just I've part been
1: of here 14 years. I should be used to it. <laughs> and I've been, I've seen quite a few. I've <laughs> just gone, yeah, you know, not for me. Not for snakes
0: me. and spiders are. There, there are worst – snakes, spiders, and politicians. There are worst things in Australia. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: do you know what? I'm probably, I'm probably better. I'm okay with snakes and spiders. To be honest, <laughs> when you're gonna put it like that.
0: Um. So, what's life growing up in Wellington? Um. So, is this entire childhood or adulthood? Like,
1: um. Yes, yeah, so I was there till 27. So be, I'm 40 now. So I've been over here. what, for, I've been 14 years in May. So, yeah. No. So from zero to 27, born and bred Upper hut. Obviously, yeah, I moved around a little bit when I was as I moved out of home, but mate, it was, looking back, it was pretty cool, right? It was, we lived in this small neighbourhood initially when I was little, we had a massive park behind us, everyone knew each other on the street, so the kids would be out playing touch footy, yep. cricket, freaking, I don't know, whatever you want, we're just playing, we're just having fun, man, there was no just riding your bikes, you know, cars were never, cars would stop to let yeah. you keep playing, you know, game it was on, kind game of sort of just, of yeah, 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 so it was it was awesome like it was just cool and then my my dad had a business and so you know mum was kind of the stay home mum so you know it was cool and then you know I think by seven or eight years old I was riding my bike to school like yep. it's just and school was a bit of far away I had to go over a motorway and everything to go to school but it was just <laughs> you know mum kind of helped me and supported me and he's like well you're off you go you're on your own Right?
0: Like, d- different life now though just, isn't it
1: oh just the freedom I think the freedom for a child but you know, and I think I know where we first built, first mum and dad first bought the house. Like when they first bought it, there was no, there was bugger houses there. Like now, it's just you know, freaking house dot com, really, isn't it? Like anywhere. <laughs> but um, but oh, yeah, I think just now you've asked me. I haven't really probably ever thought about it, but you might bring it was freaking awesome, like yeah. I was sporty. I um, went to a boys' college, um, oh, pri- or high, or pri- high school. Pri- private boy? Oh, no, it wasn't private. No, 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 no. that definitely wasn't private. <laughs> um, even though people, because we had the blazers and stuff, you yeah. were like, oh, that's private, but it you know, you definitely wasn't. You didn't pay the private. Oh, expenses. so so so
0: over there they have boy girl school, state schools.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's semi-funded. Like you still got to pay. You have to yeah. pay. It's got to pay a and bit pieces, of money, but yeah. it's not like. You're not paying like hundreds of thousands. Of yeah, to say no, some no schools grammar. Are, yeah, there's yeah. Some, there's, there are some <laughs> schools in New Zealand like that, obviously. and um, But my school was, it was only like, at the time, I think it was only like 670 boys there. It was yeah, a boarding wow. school, so we had a lot of boys off the farms around New Zealand and stuff. And um, big rugby school. Yep. So, yeah, there was a massive rugby school. Actually, it was just a massive sports school, So, yep. which for me was awesome because I was a massive sports person. So, so I what kind we, of thrived.
0: What's your first go to sport? Oh, first
1: go to sport. I played soccer when I was yeah, little, good choice. For about nice. four, played for four years and then um it's like oh better go play rugby and my dad was like, Yes, he's fine. <laughs> <play>. He's finally <laughs> grown <and> up <laughs> he's, he's finally growing a here. <laughs> but soccer was a real good transition to that man. Like I think Um you know, anyone out there listening, like I think sports are just cool. You don't have to be good at them. Just play sport for the team but you just learned some skills, and so I think much. going from soccer to rugby, I became the kicker at rugby. Yep. Played first five, played wing, played halfback. I was real versatile, but yeah, I could kick goals, do the drop kicks, do all that stuff, and um, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, um, as I got older, it was pretty. I was I wasn't very big. Obviously, I'm not that big now, and I wasn't that big. That back then. So I was playing against a lot of big merry fellas who would squash, the
0: shit, <laughs> which wasn't well, fun. If you got the unique goals as a kicker, then that's all you got to do. When I was right? fast, I could yeah. run.
1: So I could, you know, after about 40 minutes, they would get puffed out, the big fellas, right? So you can start to kind of get around them. <laughs> Taunt them, a, them a little bit.
0: But, you know, <laughs> I
1: did it right for a little fella. Like, I was pretty gutsy in defense and I didn't really, um, I didn't back down. I and mean, I came away with a lot of broken ribs and shit, but that was just still part of it, man. Like, I think it was just, especially being at that high score, it was really strong.
0: Um, you the bond
1: bond yeah when you played for your school like, there's a lot of pride so it was kind of you just even if you didn't like half the guys on your team because they're a bunch of wankers right you
0: just, they're, they're better than the wankers you're playing against yeah <laughs> you,
1: you, you forgot about it and you're like they're the wankers until yeah. uh, full time then you're like oh he's still a dickhead but yeah. you know but it was just that kind of like you just played for each other and I think that's what was really important. But, yeah, man, so, I, yeah, soccer was my first one. I did rugby, um, played tennis since I was five. So I had coaching and stuff since I was five, played tournaments. So, but then, yeah, so running and then running was kind of became my sport as a teen. I always did a bit of running. I didn't really train. I trained at high school and I was actually quite good at it.
0: What kind of running?
1: Uh, middle distance, long distance. So. Yeah. So the track, 3,000 meters was kind of my <laughs> – Actually, I, actually, I actually held my school record until um, got broken last year. So I held it for Ugh. twenty, twenty two years.
0: Can can you go back and beat a kid? Are you allowed to go beat their record? Yeah, beat them.
1: But, <laughs> <not running. laughs> but you know what I mean. Like I was like, I'd kind of forgotten about it. it. Was my cousin who'd who'd gone a few years ago, and he's like, "Oh, someone beat your record." I was like, "Oh, it's cool. pretty good. Pretty good That's long there to distance, be broken, right?" Yeah. So um so yeah so I did three thousand meters and I, I think my last year of high school I got second at the nationals and for, for secondary schools ran for New Zealand for cross country. Yep.
0: Um, is this the is this when you say cross country? Is this the one where it's the water the hurdle like? Bit of everything. Yes, yeah. so cross just,
1: country is a bit longer, so it's kind of ranged from four, six, and eight kilometers yep. for high school. Um, ran, started running for a club and just I just really. I thrived I loved the training Like I trained every day Got up early in the morning Trained after school Just got into it But I also While I ran I also played rugby I also played tennis I played touch rugby I played in netball I was just It's like sports My body's I think Doesn't love me for it now But at the time It was kind of like I didn't want to really Give up anything But then towards the end Of high school It was kind of I played rugby But sometimes I'd leave The rugby field Run down the road And I'd do a running race Like yep. I think How the fuck did I do that Mate, But uh, you it just got so fit And I was so disciplined At what I did even though mindset-wise, I probably wasn't looking back. I was always I doubted myself a lot, which probably stopped me from even being better. But I was pretty stoked with how I got and what I did and all the rest of it. So,
0: so going through high school was was academics ever a, a, a linear thing for you, or was it just that was there? Yeah, because like you I was, I was
1: real good with homework and assignments and doing all that, but I just I really struggled with the study thing. Yeah, I get and that. Maybe I had a learning difficulty. I don't really know. I think it was just to be honest. I just didn't – I just didn't really – School's a bit boring. Not boring because I love going to school because – Friends. No, I like sports and stuff. But I also – like I didn't like I wouldn't play up in the classroom and stuff, but I just got bored because I was like, science, boring, maths, boring, (laughs) English, boring. You know, like it was kind of like – but if you're giving me stuff that I do now back then, it would have been a different story. And there wasn't the stuff there is now. There wasn't you can go do a certificate in this and go do this and go do that. So – it was just yeah boring. the last couple of years of high school, I just yeah you know, I didn't really, you know, teachers would call my mum and you know he's not applying himself enough, and she'd go, "I get applying you, whatever fuck."
0: Yeah, as long as you as long as you behave, you turn up, it doesn't matter, yeah. right? Like yeah. I
1: behaved, and I guess because I had a bit of a name for my running, I think maybe teachers turned a they bit blind.
0: The old the old he's an athlete was yeah. So that, I think looking D- back, she-
1: I don't have any regrets, man. Like it wasn't a priority for me, and you know a lot of my friends went off to uni after school and stuff, and I was just like, meh. I kind of studied for a year and I was like, no, this isn't for me and just went into the
0: workforce. What what did you do when you first left school? (sighs) Worked in retail. Yeah, I've been there.
1: Yeah, just worked in retail in a clothing shop and I ended up climbing my way up to like regional regional manager type stuff. So by the time I was 24, um, but that was a struggle. And then obviously that's, you know, in those four years leading up to that was a lot of my mental health struggles started. So it was kind of… I think it was cool. I enjoyed it because it just got me out of my comfort zone. Um, it made me realize a lot of things I was actually quite good at. Like I was quite good with managing people. Yep. I was good. At, I got better at how to talk to people. My listening got better because like, I was actually quite a shy. I was yep. before I was quite a shy person. I guess alcohol probably brought my confidence out <laughs> a little bit. I, but then having this job kind of did too because I have this kind of purpose and I, I, mean, I started literally down the bottom as a part-timer, salesperson and within a year I was assistant manager six months after that I was a manager and then they had me moving up up to Hamilton in New Zealand for a year to turn a, turn a store around Wait, there, where's that. Hamilton in New Zealand oh, an hour down from Auckland ok so it's yeah. like about seven hours from uh, Wellington so I moved up there moved my whole life up there and they wanted me to turn the store around that was really struggling and within six within eight months I went, for, went from um, I went from bottom store in New Zealand to the number one that's pretty cool man. Um, and I yeah, and I, and I look back and I go, I didn't, I, I never focused on the sales. I focused on my people. Yeah. So I just, I got rid of some people and yep. I bought in some good people, and we just, we had a really good, strong bond. Yeah. And I think that's what misses in a lot of places now. We just had this bond, and yeah, and then I got nominated for like New Zealand Retailer Year, so I made the top six final for that. And just New an Zealand's, underachiever. Just like, oh, <laughs> you know I've forgotten half this shit. No one ever asked these questions. So I don't I'm just, <laughs> it's just coming out, bro. Like I'm just like, oh
0: yeah. That's awesome, man. But, but to go and turn a, a store like that, and, and, and I guess it's, we'll we'll touch on it a, a little bit later, but the, the people thing is a real interesting one because so many people focus on the figures, not the people that deliver the figures, and there's a big disconnect, um, but going to a store. So can can I touch on – because I, I think it's really cool. You said you let go of some people and you brought some people in the reasons for letting go of people is it just dragging their feet they weren't on board
1: just attitude like it was all about they were just about trying to get long as they as soon as they got their target for the day they just gave up and didn't give a shit and there was no helping and supporting or encouraging other people and some of these were like senior been there for a while so i was just had hard conversations with them i just said to my boss can i just do this she's like yeah do whatever you want so i was just like look do you want to be here and then i think about it and go no actually no i don't want to be part of this vision i was like cool so it was, was not just it wasn't firing them. It was just more like this is what I created the
0: door to leave. Yeah, yeah.
1: This is what I'm creating because a lot of them were stuck in this the old style where they just got to do whatever they want. Like the boss would, I think, take, took them out and got them drunk a lot, and the bare minimum. Just, there was no there was no boundaries, I guess. Yep. And then I was coming in, I guess, setting boundaries. But at the same time, I was really interested in the people. I wasn't about we need to make this much money. I was like, how can we together? get here yeah and to be honest i've forgotten half this will come back to me i'm like oh yeah i did that yeah like, and it's kind of i look back and go, i did that but i was also really struggling with my own stuff but it was just i just had this i guess this gift to bring people together for for the cause and i, I stayed there for yeah, nearly a year and we just yeah like it, we just had this left and this amazing team um that was firing That's like, awesome, man. it was impact. really cool but I yeah I just I miss my family too much. I was like, this is shit.
0: So so you moved back down moved south, back
1: down and back down to Wellington and moved home for a little bit just to I found somewhere to live and then um yeah like it was you know, yeah yeah I got, got promoted again.
0: So you stay with same company? Same company just yeah, sort of like I, was with, I was with down. them
1: for like five or six years.
0: Yeah, cool man, that's a long stretch. Yeah. Um. Now you mentioned the the mental health stuff, which is is a big reason we originally connected, but I think it's something important because it's underspoken about why. It, the perception is the world speaking more about it, but I think the world's not speaking as deep and that's why people like you are really great. Um, When when we talk about – was there any early things for you that ever sparked about your mental health or was it later on in life? Yeah,
1: no, good good question. Looking back, like I was quite a warrior person. I used to worry a lot and I remember – I remember like you know, obviously New Zealand and you've seen just recently like a few earthquakes, right? Earthquakes are a big thing growing up and, you know, you'd hear on the news, oh, you know, there's going to be this big earthquake, they're predicting this earthquake and I would hear that and just – I'd literally – I remember now I'd worry about it. I'd literally worry. Like anxious? Oh, hard out. Yeah. Hard out. But I didn't really realise it. I realise it now. Yeah. But I just worry about stuff like that that was totally not in my control, right? And I told mean, my mum, like, oh, just – you'll be right. Like there's nothing to worry about. But, you know, in my head I'm like, well, I am worried about it. But yeah. I didn't know enough either to have a conversation about it. It was just, I'd just say stuff. And even fireworks, fireworks went off, I'd get scared. Even as like a, not quite a teenager, but just before a teenager. I was, yeah. just, I was just a bit of a wussy, I think. But but at the same time, I guess there was this real sensitive side I probably didn't really understand. Yep. And no one else did. So I kind of probably just brushed it aside a little bit.
0: Yeah. To be honest. Cause, well, I guess because it's also that society doesn't, like what doesn't fit in society. Therefore, if there's not a place for it, we don't really want to share it, right? Like if it's yeah. you got 20 kids in a room that sit and face one direction, and you sit down and face the wrong direction, you feel uncomfortable. So therefore, you changed your seat to face the direction.
1: Hundred yeah, percent. And I guess you know my sport allowed me to be really connected with people. So that really my sport helped me, I guess, with all that stuff because I would just not really think about. It. I was always focused on the next race or the next training session or the next game of rugby or
0: is. Tennis. That, that why running was a big part? Because it's, it's, you're just running. Like you're just in the zone? Or is it that, that no, just. I just
1: kind of fell in. I just, yeah. Just got a taste for it. And I guess like, like, like most people, you sort of go, oh, I'll make sure you're right at this. Yeah. And you kind of. Feeds it. The teacher at school goes, Oh, you should come to training. I like, train. I need to train. And he goes, Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I remember going to this race. It was an inter school race. But it was a quite a big deal thing. And I just got smoked. I was like second to last. And he goes, You come to train next week? And I am like <laughs> – yep i think i was 15 i was like that was a pretty hard lesson to learn because i guess natural kind of ability got me so far it's limited then it was like mate you're just full of shit yeah to be honest so yeah so then i just trained my ass off hard work just got into it and just you know i mean i remember going in fifth form to nationals cross country and i think i got 13th and the year before that i was like 150th or something that's sick so just from training yeah and then the, the year after that made the top five year after that I was injured so I think I got 14th or something but um, yeah but then just I think the things I learned there really helped me on my mental health journey but to answer your first question yeah I was a warrior and a bit anxious but it wasn't anything that was major like it wasn't it was like wasn't holding me back, obviously. It's like a
0: hindsight reflection. Yeah, it
1: probably and it probably didn't help in some of my runs because I would put so much expectation on myself. I'd put a lot of pressure on myself because everyone, you know, is going, "Oh, you
0: know, Reese is good, Reese to
1: run, Reese to win." And the ones I was, I was probably meant to win, I didn't win, or because I was built it up too much in my head and yeah, didn't know how to really didn't have any mental strategies to really know
0: what to, to do. Yeah,
1: with some of the people I was against had you know coaches and fucking all these people around them, and I just had me. Yeah. I had a couple of coaches, but they weren't like, you know, big pep talks or anything like that. Like, so yeah, I just kind of was a bit of a, did my own thing. But um, yeah, so there was, but you know, in terms of what, you know, we'll talk about in a minute, in terms of what happened to me, like it was kind of so, blindsided.
0: So do you want to take me down? Um, like, I guess in, in in my mental health, but it, it's, it's sort of like a build up before either explosion or collapse. So, do you wanna talk me through and 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 tell me like the start of your your journey with the, the the downside of where your mental health was, I guess?
1: Yeah, well the thing is um my mental health is actually alright. This is this is the the fudge thing, to be honest. So I was 20 and yeah. I'd just come home from a tennis practice. I was I think I'd at my parents at the time, yeah. And um they'd gone away. I was looking after the house, I think. So I was just came home. played for three hours, right? And if you're depressed or Whatever, you're not freaking can't play tennis for three hours. Came home, cooked dinner, had a shower, sat down to eat my dinner, and I was like, like, just gasping, and I was like, can't swallow. I was like, what is going on here? I just, so I started pacing up and down the house, rang my best mate, and he's like, you're all right. And I said, like, can you just talk to me? Just talk to me. And I said, I don't know what's going on. And I didn't really tell him what was happening, but I just said, can well, you just talk to me? Yeah. Had a conversation, I felt all right, then I went back to eat my dinner and uh, started up again. And I was like, felt real tight in my chest, and my heart. I could feel my heart bulging out of my thing. And I was like, rang the ambulance, and they were like, "Ah, oh, yeah, no, you'll be right, mate. You'll be right." Didn't send anyone. Thanks, guys. I was like, right. So I just went and set. I laid on the driveway, and I was just like, oh, whatever. I'm just, I was literally just laid there, go looking at the stars, going, "This must be my time. It's good yeah. die. Because <laughs> so I was like, ambulance don't want to come. That's right. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And then I then I was lying there, and I was like. Oh, my grandparents are home. They just live, around, didn't live far, yeah. so I rung my pop and he goes, yeah, we'll be there in a minute. And they got there and were like, what the hell? I was white as a ghost. I was like, uh, uh. so ambulance finally came once they asked them to come. Yep. um, They came and I remember just, you know, they plugged me out with shit. And they you know I was just seeing it like we are now and it was about 180 beats per minute, yep. which I don't even get to when I'm at big yeah. performance, right? So I was just so wound up, sweating. Um, and then, you know, just, then they'd said, oh, you've had a panic attack. And I was like, what? <laughs> Never heard of this stuff before. this is, We're talking 20 years ago, so I'm 40. You know, this is 20 years ago. And um the next day, I went to my doctor. And they said, go to your doctor tomorrow and just you know have a chat, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, right. And um went to the doctor and my pop came with me because I said, oh, can you come with me? And he goes, yep. So he came with me. And he goes, do you want to come in? And he goes, I said, no, no, I'll go on my own, just, which is probably in hindsight a dumb thing. Yeah doctor been a doctor for years Just said right you know like, i don't even remember what he said to me but all i know all, all i know is that he gave me some medication of course he did right zoloft uh, fluoxetine or something like that i think here you go oh, at the time i had no idea right i'm just yep. thinking oh this is like an antibiotic or some shit it's going to it's going to help i'm going to be good in 2 weeks right Yeah, yep. cuz i'm like did i feel weird the next day i probably feel weird like i do now i feel a bit tingly now it's just this kind of tingly feeling i get sometimes if i'm a bit anxious or i'm a bit run down yeah <laughs> But it just didn't go away, right, for that 24-hour period. You anyway, know, I got these tablets and he says, right, take one tonight. And I was like, all right, cool. And then my life just changed from there, man. It was just went – yep. it went fudged. Did I need those tablets looking back? No freaking way, man. Like, they're, they're, they're no are way.
0: Rough ones. So they've made the first side effect of those tablets, increased suicidal ideology, which they prescribe to people with anxiety and depression. So yeah.
1: Well, and it's, it's not just that. It's yeah. – um. I think it's increased everything. If, yeah. if you're feeling anxious, feeling depressed, which I was feeling neither, 24 hours before that, right? Yeah. I played three hours of tennis. Just remember that, three hours of tennis. Yeah.
0: And ten- tennis is, can be rough. And yeah. you've got to
1: remember, I was fit as. I was super freaking fit. Like, you know, I could play three sports in a day if I had to. Like, it was just – I was fit. And, um, yeah, whatever. Anyway, I took these tablets, and then within six-month period, um, I started doing all these arm movements, just throwing my arms around, Um, I would um grab my rib cage with my right hand over to my left, and I was doing it so often that by the end of the day I was bleeding. I was grabbing my forehead to the point of like grabbing it with bleeding, um, and it was just like, what what the fuck is going on here? What has just happened to me? Like, and so you're just kind of going so seriously within that first year, I would have gone to the fellow. I was going to the doctor every two weeks, going, "Can you explain what's happening to me? Yeah, can you explain what's happening to me?" And then I I'd, I'd, I started stopping doing my running and stuff, and then um, I, th- I think I broke my foot actually, so I couldn't actually run. Um, but then I just yeah, any time I the heart rate got up, no deal. So it was easier to not do that. So um, and being that twenty twenty one year old, you know, freaking, you know, a lot of twenty firsts and stuff. So I just reverted to probably drinking more than I usually would. Yep. But because of the medication, fuck, I don't remember half the parties I went to. I'm pretty sure I was an absolute twat too, um, just because whatever these medications were doing, and I didn't really understand what was happening, and I was more stressed. And my, you know, you've got your mum going, just stop these movements. And I'm going, she's, she wasn't doing it yeah. out of anything. She's just going, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. And I'm already asking myself that, right? So like, I don't <laughs> need <her> for <laughs> Thanks, you. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> and then yeah, it was really worse at night. With my the tics would be so worse at night that I be couldn't even focus on the TV. My head would just be my head. I'd, the head would just be going like full on shakes, full on head shakes, like full on just. And then that would carry into bedtime sometimes. Where if I was really wound up, I couldn't relax. So if I started to kind of relax, and I still sometimes get it now. So started to relax, so I get gaspy. Yeah, so a bit gaspy, a bit like that initial thing that happened on yeah. the, that night of having dinner. Um, and yeah, so it was just hell, it was just hell, and it just went, just kept going, it just kept going. And then I, and then I got, ended up getting Xanax as well. Yeah, after about a year, I'll take some Xanax when you need it. And I thought, like, yeah, I'll take some of that. shit." Yeah, especially when I was at work, yeah, in a stressful job I was in after lunchtime between sort of 11 and 1 pm, I'd take one just to get me through the afternoon. Yeah, not so much in the weekends, I'd be right, but during the week under stress. I'll just pop one of those. So that was
0: now your management for how you're feeling, rather than trying to manage just, it yourself. That was your crush.
1: I remember I got. They sent me the psychologist, and it was this lady, and she just. I was just like, and she just asked. She was dry, no connection, and I remember i I've, I've still got the letter at home. Actually, there's this letter she wrote to my doctor, and it's just fucking. Diagnosis, diagnosis, diagnosis. Half of it's just crock of shit. Now I look at it. Yeah. Just go, whatever, man. Like
0: it's her opinion of your yeah. position. But
1: that was her opinion of me and a real feeling shit and a sh- feeling shit. Yeah. And she's just ridden of this freaking thing, and I was. And I went to go to my doctor, and he's like, "Oh, you know, just come back with this." And I says, "What do you think?" He goes, "I don't think any of this." And I was like, "Mate, eighteen months ago, I was paying three hours on a fucking tennis court. I yeah. was running freaking every day. Now I can't even do that." Like something's not right here. This doesn't – shit doesn't change overnight. Yeah. But, yeah, so my mental health did come kind of out of nowhere because then I just went downhill, downhill. And then what I do, I just put all my hours into my job because that's how I climbed up the ladder, as I said, right? Moved to Hamilton, climbed up my ladder for four or five years, totally burnt myself out at the same time. Weekends, just go out and get fucking hammered Um, Then just repeat, repeat, repeat. And then the time I got to 25, bro, I had enough, so I tried to take my life. I was just like, nah, I'm out, done, fucking done. I remember I just didn't even go to work, which is massive for me. Yeah. And I was lucky, you know, a friend of mine, she'd gone in to see me at work in the city and I'm like, where's Reese? They go, we like, haven't heard from him. And how's this right? No one even tried to contact me that I wasn't there.
0: And you've, and turn, the you've turned up all the time. I've turned and, up, yeah.
1: I've, mate, I've been turning up every day Look like with my ticks going, everything. Yep. Everyone's just like customers used to be like, "What is this going on Is he on drugs or some shit?" People "You know, are you on drugs?" I'm like, "No, oh, you okay, mate? Good question. How about you say Oh, you okay?' But are yeah. uh, oh, you on drugs?" So, um, yeah. And then she came over and she was, I think she was knocking on the door, and then she just, she just bursted in and she just saw me in a lying in my bed, just going, "I'm out, fucking done." Yeah, she said, like, "What?" And then, um, yeah, like, then, uh, then I tried to go at her with a knife. I never, I've never said this. I was just trying to go at her with a knife. I was like, not literally. I was just telling yeah. her to fuck off. Like, yeah. just get away and let me do what I've got to do. Yep. And then she, it took her about two hours to get me kind of calm. And then we just sat there and spoke. I just spoke for two hours and just broke down and said, I fucking hate my
0: life. Yeah, man. I'm that's, done. That's the, but it's a rough fucking journey. Like, yeah, I was that's, done.
1: And, and the thing is, I never talked to anyone and, like, you know, my my mum and my mum's not here now, but my dad's always like, Man, we could tell something wasn't right, but it was just you didn't open up and I was yeah. like, Yeah no, this is my own fault. But I just got I guess I was going to the doctor's wanting the answers and the psychologist or whatever the counselor, wherever the fuck she was, and I wasn't getting anything. Well, I wasn't probably listening either, but I just was like Feel I lost. was stuck in the mindset of yeah. why am I like this? Why am I getting these texts? Why yeah. am I why am I freaking abnormal all of a sudden? Because that's how I felt. So I think, yeah, but I think partnership I've had, I think I've broken a relationship. My granddad passed away. I was burnt out. And then that's when I was like, fuck it. I'm just over the shit. So that's when I thought done. Boom. And then this friend of mine was, yeah, she, uh, she goes, um, she so got two choices. I'm going to ring the police or um, you can, I'm taking to your parents tonight. And you need to go and tell them. Yeah.
0: Good like, friend, mate. And I was like, get
1: fucked. Yeah. And um, she's like, get the fuck in the car. I was like,
0: yeah, good, good one. Did you keep her around? She's
1: nah, No. Nah. She was, well, she was the ex, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the ex, but obviously, she probably, she probably didn't realize how bad I was either. Yeah. Um, and there was like we didn't break up in a bad way. It was just a whole lot of hits because I was already feeling like shit. And um, yeah, so she took me to my parents' house, and she was not a very vulnerable person, so she kind of dropped me off and heard us talking. Then she's like, "Okay, see, uh, <laughs> Her job's done." Yeah. And then yeah, but it was kind of it wasn't. Uh, it was a pretty cool night. Like I just wasn't cool. I remember mum and dad and my sister and brother were there. They just asked him to leave the room and I just said, oh, look, this is what's been happening. And I just opened up and I remember just standing there and my mum and dad just came in and we just had this cool group hug and my dad just goes, we got you. That's cool, man. And just hearing that, I was just like, and we just all had a moment, yeah. a bit of emotion. It was like, I felt it. Probably the first time I felt I had someone because I had heaps of people.
0: But you, you you feel but I cold was, to them, right? Like they you well, don't I was
1: just trying to distract myself with everything but wanting to feel. Yep. Um and I say to people, you know, if you, you could have um brushed your finger up and down my arm and I wouldn't have felt anything. Literally, that was how numb I was. And uh yeah, and I just remember I resigned from my job, meet my dad said, Let's go have a meeting with your boss and they were pretty good. Um, they even paid out all my sick leave and stuff, they were cool. So I just yeah, I just got jobless. I moved back home. But I was mute. Like you'd get one or two words out of me a day. Just had nothing. Like I was so just done. Just like nothing left. Um. But my parents were good. They just kind of let me be and just let me go through a process, whatever I needed to be. And my mum bought me this DVD of yoga. So we're talking twenty years ago, right? And I remember she put it next to my bench, because goes, "I oh, have a look at this." And my first thought was, "It's probably the only words I said that day." Was it's fucking gay, isn't it? <laughs> That's <does> yoga, right? <laughs> so, um, but she left it there and I just kept looking at it every day. And then I started reading it. And I'm like, it helps breathing and relaxation. I was like, oh, okay, that might help. <laughs> so then after about a month looking at it, I was like, okay, I, I did it re- religiously. 40, 40, it's a 45 minute workout. I did it 45 minutes every single day. Within six weeks, I was outside painting my parents' house.
0: That's cool. I Six weeks
1: that. after that, I was out for a run with my dad. I had a run in fucking ages. Went out for a run because I just obviously, my system needed not thrashing myself, which I'd been doing, and needed calm. Yeah, to it breeze. needed just some stuff yeah. to refuel me rather than let it out, you know, in terms of like, because when I was training, I'd just go hard, like yeah. intensely, intensity, intensity. Well, this was like, oh, wow. So, yeah, so within um, six months, I was back in the workforce. I had got another job and started managing people again. And and then, um, yeah, were, were things better? Yeah. Was I fixed? No, because I still hadn't really um, seeked help for what was really going on.
0: So do you say that, like, this is the base camp for you? your climb of where you are now sort of thing, like the coming to your parents' house that day, the, the conversation.
1: Nah, that was one of them. It's kind of like the – Start of the That trail. was kind of the first <laughs> little climb. Yep. And then – um, because yeah, some people hear that and they go, oh, man. And I'm like, "Nah, that's just the beginning. Yep. So two years after that, obviously, um, I left to come to Australia. And yep. then looking back, I can safely say now that I came over here, I ran away. Yep. So my parents weren't getting on. I was kind of in the middle and it was just shit. And um, I had a good mate over here. So the job I was in over there, um, a guy from Australia, a rep came over and I just got – he took me to out for dinner and I just said, oh, have you got any jobs going? And he goes, oh, we might. And he rang me back the next week. and goes, yeah. And I says, oh, well, I can come over in May. And he goes, yeah. So this was January. So I just went and booked a flight and I just said, oh, hey, I'm leaving in May to Australia. Everyone was like, what? Didn't talk to anyone about it. Just said I'm doing it. Everyone yep. was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, just got to do it. I got to do something. Got to change it up.
0: Like a fresh slate or –
1: yeah, I'd have thought maybe leaving,
0: everything would everything be just
1: be, be fixed, right? And um, it, and it was. For the first three months, it was brilliant. You know, It was like a holiday. I came over, living right by Suncorp Stadium, paying bugger all rent. I had a job. I had a few weeks holiday first. And I got to go to Morden Island in my first week and do the whole tour around there. That's I just did awesome. all, this, all this cool stuff, and I was just like,
0: "Woof, Australia's not bad. Oh, life's, <laughs> it, life's amazing. But then,
1: you know, straight back into the workforce, and the stress comes back. Nah that's my started falling apart again the ticks come back even worse again this that start drinking a lot more again all these different behaviors all the same behaviors coming up and um looking back now what i know about myself i was just i hadn't dealt with anything
0: yeah you just got a new page same pen
1: yeah yeah so um yeah so it's kind of just like oh fuck, here we go again so and the job I was in, I didn't really gel with the people, so I was quite proud of myself. I just went and said, oh, "Look, I'm going to resign. This isn't really working for me." It was a lot of driving and stuff, and I yeah. just, I just don't like being driving a lot. So I was just like, "This isn't really working for me." And the guy wasn't very nice. He tried to keep me actually, and I was like, "Mate, you're actually the worst person I've ever worked for in my life. You just treat people like rubbish." Yeah, and it didn't really align with me. And um, so I got a job working for Athlete's Foot, running a store on the Gold Coast. And um, within three months of that, man, um, the boss came to me one day and sat me down, took me for coffee, and he goes, "Ah." Uh, so they were owners; they owned it, and they said, um, "Look, we've had a bit of a think about it." And I was really close to them; I was staying at their house. I was clinging to their kids. They were look; they looked after me really well. And he just turned around one day and goes, uh, "Yeah, so when we leave here, if you just want to grab your things, just give me the keys back, and uh, yeah, I'm just going to let you go." They walked you. And I just we just had a massive month. it was it back to school month of January? And we I just I'd got all the stuff from my old boss. I'd gone to schools of their van and. I'd made all this extra money for them. We'd, just, we'd done like 200% on the year before. And I said, oh, why? And he goes, oh, look, a few of the staff aren't really comfortable with you. And, and I think it was because of my tics and stuff. Yeah, yeah, So I said, you mean they're not comfortable because of what? And he goes, yeah. And I said, oh, that's cool. And he goes, yeah, I think, I think you should just, you know, fuck off back to New Zealand to your family. It's fucking shit. And I was like, fuck, what the fuck just happened here? And I was just been in shock and I was just like, fuck right eh? I was just like I had nothing to say I was like I think the drink hadn't even come out I just walked I just gave him the key walked off grabbed my bag got in my car and just broke down just sat there breaking I and I had a girlfriend at the time and I just rang her and I said, oh, I just lost my job and she's like what and I told her and she's like they can't do that and I was like well, they can apparently I said I don't have energy to fight I just I don't want to work for someone that is intimidated by what's going on for me yeah um so yeah so I so then I struggled to get a job I didn't work for three or four months and just I went downhill again. Um, I didn't really get on the drink too much though. I was pretty good there, but I was just felt low and um, just felt shit.
0: Just, so you sort of recluse a little bit, or like pull yourself out of? Did you go back to the hibernating, like staying in the house? And
1: yeah, I just, oh, I got out in the day. I went out. I would go out for a walk or a run, mainly just a walk. So, you know, just standing down by the river. It's all just nice. So I I did push myself to go out. Um, I was doing some study at the time, so I I think I was lucky I was doing a bit of study. I was doing something. So that was kind of keeping me occupied a little bit, just something to focus on. But, yeah, man, so that kind of happened, and then I got a job in the bank 2008, I think we're at now, or whatever, so got a job in the bank as a teller. I was like, fuck yeah, that'll do. Don't have to leave people. I just want something. I can go to work, come home, go to work, come home. And it was cool. had a good group of people, um, but, yeah, still – you know, I still have to. I still, I remember just having to leave at lunchtime some days because the ticks would flare up, and yeah. I was just like. And I think I had that, I had that thought of that guy in my head going, "You know, the staff don't like it." So in my head, I'm like, well, "What are the customers going to say in the me?" So I just kind of would tell my boss. I was, I was always honest though. I was always like, "Hey, look." And I think after that guy told me to fuck off, I was really honest with people at the start. Even in interviews, I'd be like, "This is what I have," and some people I know wouldn't hire me yeah because of it but i just would rather be straight up about it and if you don't if you're judging me for that then i definitely don't want to work yeah, you don't there. want to be there yeah so obviously the bank took me on and um my the boss was a shit boss but at the same time she kind of got it she was not a very good people person but i guess i just kept trying to be honest as much as i could which helped me it helped me kind of to come out and get through it some days and i felt the I near the comfort if i did go home i could always bounce back the next day yes yeah. whatever was triggering me on didn't even know half the time to be honest and there and then um i kind of started making some progress and my mum was really good at trying to find alternate methods like i was seeing a naturopath and we're doing a few things before so i went back home she had this awesome lady that was helping her and i'd go see her and but still i had not dealt really with anything mentally because i just i don't even know why so we're now nearly 10 years on right and it's still just fighting the same bullshit yeah um and then got to 30 and then my mum got diagnosed with cancer and she was kind of my rock. Yeah, and man. it was just like, what the fuck? This is fucked. And I remember I remember, I got home from indoor netball actually and I got a phone call and it was my mum and she told me and I was just like, oh, fuck. And I just remember sitting there and I just got fucking drunk, I think, after that. Got smashed on some red wine. And I just went and booked a flight. Within the week after, went back home because we didn't really know how serious it was. And I was like, "Fuck it, I just need to be there." So my partner at the time just goes, "Go back," and I was like, "Yep." So I booked a flight. Work was good. Went back for two weeks, and um, I came back from a run one morning or a walk or something, and everyone was crying. And I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" My mum's best friend was there, and my dad was a fucking mess. So like, what the fuck is going on here? And um, they just found out that it was terminal. So oh, it, was, it was in the bowel and it had gone into the liver, and I was just like. And I was so numbed out, man. I didn't even cry then. I didn't even, I just felt nothing. Yeah. And even my mum, I just saw my mum sitting there. Everyone's all this, got this emotion. And even she's just sitting there like, oh fuck, whatever. I should, no emotion. But that's the thing, man. I saw my mum the next 15 months that she battled with it. It's just fucking fearless, man. I was like, I was like, fuck this lady's amazing. Like we had a, cause we're 20 years apart. So we had a joint 30th and 50th, um, 2010. Yeah. And, um, when we're nine days apart, our birthday, fuck, she was up till 4am, <laughs> dancing an animal. shit. Not, <laughs> no drinking, no nothing, in this fucking pain, the, still this, all this pain in her bowel still, and shit, and she was just fucking up, and I was just, every time I, so I went back a lot more, and the more I hung out with her, I was like, man, you're a fucking inspiration, like, I was just like, fucking ballsy, even to the point where, um, she came over in March, 2011, and she died in April, she came to Brisbane, flew on a plane, Totally knew the risk. Couldn't get insurance, right? So she fucking got fucked up here. She was fucked. Yeah. And my dad was just like, what? Anyway, I always had an engagement party and they came over, man. And my mum again, fucking driving us all home, fucking hammerly drunk and shit. And yeah, six weeks later, she died. Sorry to hear, man. But, but she just had this like inspiration of like nothing. Even though she was beaten, she wasn't beaten. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I could learn from that.
0: Head up So you know
1: When she died I didn't learn straight away Trust me I fucking just I went back for six weeks Got fucking maggot drunk Didn't cry at the funeral I read I did a speech though I um Actually she did Toastmasters A couple years beforehand And I found a speech she wrote And it was called um, How I want to be remembered So I was like It's fucking perfect So I actually read her own words out Which is cool That's awesome And um But yeah no tears Fuck the funeral was two and a half hours We actually had a half time For the funeral bro Like it was just Ridiculous how good it was. And I just thought and we danced all we partied night all night. And everyone was like, should we be partying? And I was like, it was a Saturday night. I was like, well, Mum would be. Yeah. Fucking it's not about what you should do. It's about what would she want. Fuck it. Let's so say it was good. It was good. But again, just had dealt with nothing, man. And even um we went down the park one day with my brother. We used to go down and kick the footy around and he goes, Oh, let's do some running. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I put a bit I could put quite a bit of weight on actually. And he never beat me in anything. And he fucking smashed me. Not once, <laughs> not twice, about three times that week, bro. He just fucking hammered me. And then I came back to Brisbane after six weeks and I'd got promoted at the bank and I was um, running my first big branch, actually, like one of the big ones. And so I fucking probably wasn't even fit mentally to do that. And um, my first day back, there was this asshole customer and I just lost it. I Just told him to get fucked and get the fuck out of my branch. Yeah. Get the fuck Get out of my branch. And he was like, You can't talk to me about this. I like, fucking I am right now. I was in front of my staff. I was like, Get the fuck out now. And I was like, well, when I rang my boss. And the customer's not a very nice person anyway. We'd run and had a run in a couple of years beforehand. And I just lost it. And I was like, Fuck. Should I even be here? Yeah. I rang my boss, he goes, mate, I got you back. Guess what? Customer never made a complaint. The customer just left the bank and the bank actually um sent me an email and said, Thanks for getting rid of him. Yeah. Fuck okay <laughs> <laughs> Most people would have been fired But I was like Yeah he was just an arsehole But I just think I didn't give a fuck I was just in that thing of
0: he, he was was that straw, that, Angry yeah.
1: grief You know Going through the emotions Of anger and sadness And all, and all that sort of stuff And But you know what I had this But something in me Was like right I need to find something I need a purpose here And I said to my boss At the time I said oh I want to raise some money For my mum Next year for her birthday And she's like okay Well I said I'll do something for I'll do a run and I go, oh, maybe I'll just do a marathon on a treadmill in the branch. How cool is that? And she's like, no, nah. let's Google. <laughs> and she goes, what about this one? Let's Why don't you do 12 hours on a treadmill? 12 like, hours on a treadmill? I was like, yeah, okay. So this is the end of 2011. I started training. And then August the 16th, my mum's birthday, 2012, I um, ran on a treadmill, ticks and all, 12 hours in a shopping center, and we raised over $20,000. That's
0: awesome. How good is that?
1: And I trained my ass off. I was doing like, I think my biggest run was like nearly 70 kilometers on the road, like running. I was just got fucking fit again. And I did obviously, I felt better. Did I still have my tics and stuff yet? But I felt better because I had purpose. Um, And it was amazing how many people came over the woodwork. Like it. I had a mate fucking give me free PT for six months. So I I could maintain strength and people who I thought wouldn't donate, donated. And it was just, yes, on the day we're live streamed it to New Zealand um, had people, had friends, had, I had a treadmill next to me, people running next to me, bro. Like friends, awesome. family, they were dressing up in costumes and shit. We had music going. And I remember I got to 105 kilometers. I ran that day, 105 kilometers. And it was like, I look back and how the fuck did I do that? The last like five hours, my tics were fucking just ridiculous. The next day, my whole forehead was scabbed. Like it was literally that thick and scabs, bro, because I'd just been rubbing it so much. Cause it's my kind of go-to, right? Yeah. And, um, but I remember getting off the treadmill with the, and the last hour was just shit. I just hated, I was hating life. I just can hardly really run. I was running, but I was just like, get me the fuck off this thing. And I finished and everyone's like, oh, you know, don't, don't give a speech. Don't give a speech. And I was like, no, I need to give a speech. All these people there, bro. There was about 60 people there that had come to watch the end of it. That's wild. And I was like, no, no, I need to say some words. And I just got up and just spoke some my mum's birthday and I broke down. But in a way, it was kind of like so much stuff came out that day. Just the emotions of that treatment was kind of I was it was almost like I was running not just for my mum but for my journey so far for me. And yeah, I got fit again. I did um, I ran my first marathon like four weeks before this. Like it was just fucking ridiculous what I did. I don't even know how I did it. My body was just cooked. But I remember the next day, went to my physio, got a massage, and he's like, bro, you're not even limping, bro. And I was like, Oh mate, you should have seen me last night. I was cramping like this and shit. I was in so much pain. And I said Yeah, no, I'm good to get on the piss tonight now. I just had a fucking massive night on the piss that that night for dinner with my friend, all the close people that were there. It was just like, wow. So that was a massive turning point in terms of mentally going, I don't think I need to be on these medications. I don't think I need to be struggling anymore. Yeah. But it wasn't the final turning point. Um, My relationship, who I was engaged with, broke up just after that. And then – I went to a mate's wedding early 2013 one of my best mates and fucking again got fucking maggot drunk I'm pretty sure I was a dickhead and um, I sat at Auckland airport coming back a couple of days later and I sat there and Xanax I'd usually take that to fly Yep. and I was like no nah, I'm not taking this today I'm not taking this tablet today and because um, I was I was due to go to China in about two two months three months for the Great Wall of China marathon and I was like And I was giving a marathon, like marathon, the camera marathon, a crack in a four weeks time, and I was going for under three hours. And um, I was like, "No, not with Xanax." So I just, I didn't take one for that plane ride home, and it was terrible. It was a shit plane ride home, but I did it without it. And so that was actually sixth of March today's date, two thousand and thirteen. Happy anniversary! And I didn't take, I haven't taken one since. So there you go, of Xanax. So I still was on the antidepressant, and I was on some other bullshit they gave me for my ticks, which was. Even worse than an antidepressant. And yeah, I came off the plane that day in Brisbane. It was about 35 degrees, 100% humidity. And I was like, is. fuck it. <laughs> so I went, ran, I went and ran 35 kilometers to celebrate and I just about passed it. And this taxi had to pull over and take me home for my last couple of Ks because I was like, had the wobbles. And this taxi man brought me inside and got me some water and I just laid on the lino for two hours going, I didn't take a Xanax today. That's the only thing That's I could think Fuck the fatigue. I was just like... I didn't take a Xanax today. And then, yeah, four weeks later, I ran um, two hours 52 from my marathon. That's oh, awesome. No Xanax. Under the three hours. No hour Xanax. Hour. Down in Canberra, got the plane down on my own, was down there on my own, no Xanax, no nothing. And then six weeks after that, I ran a great marathon, on, ran, on, ran on the Great War Marathon um, and did three hours 53, which. In context, it's pretty much the equivalent of the same time I ran in Canberra because it's you're running up fucking yeah, roads, tracks, it's and a, hills and steps. And, you know, like the winner did it in three hours 36. So I got 14th, I think. So,
0: did, um, ridiculous. So, stop taking the Xanax for the plane. Did this, did they get easier or did you just get better at processing the anxiety I of the I didn't a even flight? think about it, bro. Yeah.
1: I just didn't even think about it. Oh, no, flying still got hard. I just used alcohol. <laughs> I didn't that day, but I did it other times down the track. Yeah, yeah. I did. When I have um, But for me Just getting off that Especially during Stressful times at work And stuff It was like right And I did that on my own No doctor No nothing So I had doctors in my life That were like This is you for life yeah. And I was over it man I was like I need to take some Take charge So that was my day of. That was my real You know what I've hit base camp And I'm fucking going to Everest And I'm getting off this shit And then I hunted around For this doctor Who I met through Vicky Who's um, Who's my ex now But and, um, You know Eden's mum And my daughter And she's Got me to a doctor, and um, that was when my life changed. Because I said I wanted this is what I want to do, and she's like, she goes, "Yeah, that's great, but um, I work with you." And she looked at me in this little Asian. They looked at me in the eye, and she goes, "I will work with you, but you need to start taking responsibility of your life." And I was like, "Whoa!"
0: It's a doctor. No one's ever said that, yeah. and I was
1: like, "Whoa!" I was like, and I started shaking. And she's like, "I'm serious." And she drew me this triangle, right? And it was emotional, physical and something else. And she goes, Where do you think you are? And I says, Oh, physical. And she goes, No. Emotional. And I said, If you're willing to work on that, I will get you off your medications. And I was like, Okay,
0: sure.
1: I was like, <laughs> I'm scared of this lady, man. So do you know what? Every two weeks I went to this lady, Doctor Tan's your name. Fucking amazing lady. Every two weeks What's I went her first to her vet. Okay. Every two weeks I went to this um, to my doctor. Never, I've never paid so I still go to her I've never ever paid I shouldn't probably say that out loud <laughs> I? Um, I won't tell you where she is um, but yeah she just had my back but she'd made me really go deep and it's the first time I actually started to understand because you'll be noticed through my story so far I've never really told you what happened kind of, I didn't freaking know understand it so I did this work with her um, I, I started doing tapping I started learning healing codes so using all these different techniques I'd never ever heard of right and it was just like fuck is all this shit and i was a bit anti, but like the yoga dvd right i was like what is this freaking heavy bullshit Hippy bullshit <laughs> and then, and then I'd, I'd have a hot bath at night and i'd do this tapping and then people would go oh you're a bit calmer today i was like oh am i didn't feel it but i was obviously coming across more calm and i wasn't breaking down because i'd break down fucking all sorts of shit sometimes just out of nothing and um i just went hard with her if to um so I came off my Tetrabenazine, which I was on for my t- sex, supposedly, which wasn't really for that. It was don't even what it was for. I came off that with her. I think that was March 2013 or th- 14, 14. And then by November 2014, I came off my antidepressant and haven't had any since. That's awesome. So man. that's it'll be seven years this year. Yeah, totally cool. medication-free. It's- but just to anyone listening, like, like, if you're on medications, you've got to get the right help, but – I guess I had all of these people just block me, man, and tell me this is you for life, this is you for life. And I just didn't believe it. I guess my sporting mindset came into play and um, I just had enough. I was like, I'm going to take some ownership. And this doctor made me take – and she's still my doctor today. And the best advice she ever gave me in the beginning was, I don't want to see you when you're sick. I want to see you when you're healthy. Yep. So she actually just lives around the corner from me. And um, now she – I've rented the house in front of her house and she actually does it. Two or three, three of her five days a week she does there now. <clears throat> so now if I go around there, I literally just sit in the grass with her. We sit in the grass with a laptop and we just talk. That's cool, man. And and I'll be, I'm thinking I'm there, yeah, I'm all good. And she's like, no, your shoulders moving. What's going on? I'm like, oh, actually, this. And she's like, yeah, I thought so. And next minute, she just brings out all the shit, I not even know it was there. Boom. Right. What are you going to do from after this? Right. And I got an action. I got to take away and do. Like, yeah. So. I, I saw it just before Christmas and I'm going my next appointment, I think, in a couple of weeks' time.
0: And how good is that philosophy though? Is it, and it can be applied to all coaching and all health things is so many people wait till they're morbidly obese or so many people wait till we're crying in the corner or, or, or instead of working on when we're in a better state to maintain and increase that better state. So it's such a good, like, come see me when you're well. That's oh. sick.
1: And I, um, I probably didn't really get it at the time. But in the past few years i've got it because when I go there, even though I think i'm okay, there's some again back to the triangle right it's emotional yeah, it's emotional things there, and she'll just see it to me she'll see it in my body language and it would, and I 'm like, oh yeah, actually she's like right, but we have good conversation then she has her husband has a health kind of thing in there, so I get to do like some red light stuff and um she'll have sometimes a um like a electrode thing to massage the stuff out of me while she 's talking to me like yeah. it's just like it's a different world. Probably, But, like, you've got to sit up here, right? You're kind of set up for not just the medical, but you're actually set up for that holistic approach. Yeah. Fuck. hope she never dies. Fuck, that's be, wild,
0: mate. So is, is she what – is, what is her – She's GP. 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 Just GP. holistic.
1: She's a GP, but she's also one of the GPs in Australia that's actually trained to be more that natural
0: approach. Like, like a functional medicine sort of thing? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess – I believed in me to come off it, but I knew I needed the right people – to believe me, that I could, and do I still get my ticks today? Fuck yeah, hard out. I got them on the way here because sometimes when I drive through tunnels and stuff, it comes out. And probably were going, well, why did you get all this stuff? And I guess working with my doctor, we we worked out that when I was sixteen, I watched two people die of a heart attack <clears throat> within two weeks at my running club. So obviously that night I came home from tennis practice, the adrenaline was going, and whatever was going on subconsciously was telling my, telling "You're going to have a heart attack." Yeah and i still have that belief today it's been a hard one to crack so sometimes if i if i'm stressed and under fatigue like i'm pretty i'm not stressed today but i'm pretty tired today and i've had a massive week a massive day yesterday that <clears throat> i have to be more careful with i got to take it if i can't go i can't go smash myself in a workout cuz it'll just bring it all up and yeah. so it's just i've kind of I'm, it was good to know that cuz now i'm really aware and i know when to back off when to push And like I said, I do a lot more the slow stuff, more yoga, more meditational stuff. You know, and I don't thrash myself. I kind of do more walking than running, to be honest. And if I feel like a bit of a trot, I might do a couple of K's at the end of my run. But I'm not about thrashing myself anymore. I'm just about, you know, what I've got a daughter now. I've do all this other stuff that I'm really passionate about. That I've got to look after me on the whole. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's just yeah no threshing yourself anymore, and I guess it's benefits, but then days like today where I'm like i just feel f- my f- my is just bleh. I
0: yeah just feel yuck but I being being aware of it like that's a huge part as well, like yeah. the fact that you're understanding you you you've put the pre you know stressful week all these little things and and being aware of it gives you the strength and capacity to to handle yeah. and deal it right yeah,
1: and then obviously um like it comes out, like you still get, do I still get anxious and all that sort of stuff. My tics come, but I, I don't get the head swings anymore. Like I haven't had those for years. I, the, I just see my shoulder will go sometimes and my right, left shoulder will go sometimes, but that's my body telling me something. Yeah. It's going, mate, you need it. It's usually, and it's usually emotional stuff. Like I just, you know, last week, me and my part, partner, we've been trying to work on things, but we actually just broke it off last week. So I've been carrying that a week, dealing with it but I've been carrying that. And as much as you're dealing with it, you're still carrying it. And yeah. so that does suck more of the life out of you on top of everything else. So I'm okay with it. I just go, right, what does my body need right now? And if I need to lie down for an hour with a face mask on, fuck, happy days. Let's do that. Good choice. You know, so it's just about going, what do I need versus, oh, I need exercise. That means smashing yourself, which means yeah. actually that's probably going to make me think I'm going to have a heart attack and die, which is not. I'm not going to, but that's because my nervous system so wound up to that maximum, I've got to go the opposite. Yeah. But it took me a long time. I only figured that out. It was, like, it was like
0: a 16-year journey journey sort of thing. sixteen years, bro. Yeah.
1: It was just like – and even now, like, you know, as you know, you're forever, still learning, like, man. Yeah like, yeah, yeah. like, you know, there's so many things I'm learning about myself, like just everything. Like I, I I didn't feel for so long. I'm still feeling things that I haven't felt, if that makes sense. No, 100%. And when I say that, like I don't mean like feeling – um sadness or that i just mean as in feeling different things in life that i've probably done but haven't felt it because i wasn't i was so numbed out yeah and then now at the moment yeah i'm not like i'm not drinking this year i had i did the 75 hard challenge last year and didn't drink and i was like this is actually this suits me at the moment so i'm just doing i'm really cutting it back and going right let's just really get to the bottom of what works for your body yep over this next 12 months. And then from then, I might have a better understanding. So it's, yeah, like, you know, you should know it's still learning, bro. Like,
0: it's, it's, and, and I think that's an important thing to point out is like, it, it should be forever. Cause if we're not gonna, we're not like some guru, God, human person that we've, re- <laughs> we all of a sudden glow gold and we just know everything about ourselves and everything. It's that, yeah. it's like when you unlock something or when you progress in something, something else appears or some more work appears or some a, a relationship changes or work changes and, and, like for for me is like I would like being in control. When I'm not in control, it's not it's not that I have to be in control. It's that I'm uncomfortable that I'm not in control because, like you said, like you ruminate those thoughts of what bad could happen in a worse circumstance. So it's always working on trying to not to try to be less not okay with not being in control. It's going to be a forever thing for me. That's never going to go away. Yeah. But hopefully, it'll be less and less and less over time. Yeah,
1: and obviously, mine's not going to go away, but. It- Way less than what it used to be, but it can also flare up if I don't look after myself. Like yep. you, bro, right? You go downhill pretty quick, yep. And when you go downhill, it's not cool because it takes Sucks. probably instead of a week to come out of it. If you got dealt with it, it takes a month, yep. And then you are kind of going through this whole. You feel like you are back, yep. Ten, ten yep. years, right? Yeah. So yeah, and it happens sometimes because life's a mofo.
0: That's it. unexpected.
1: You know, you get little things build up, and then poof, your body goes screw you. So, that, and that's me at the moment. I gotta be. I am trying to be really careful because I am. I'm super. I'm not going to say I'm super productive of so many things that I'm doing. Yeah, but I'm also going to. I know at the moment I've got to go and release emotions and deal with that because otherwise I'm just going to go.
0: Yeah, and emotion, bang. and like you said, it does it does happen quick? Because um, it it's it's like you. Sometimes I find with myself is you get better at avoiding what used to probably trigger you earlier on and then when it gets that cup starts to overflow it's like fuck it's at it's at the front door jesus christ i've <laughs> got to i've got to figure out how to do with this or i'm going to end up in this bed or end up back on medication and and things like and and the medication thing is some people need it and that doesn't make anyone lesser or no. but for me the medication when i was on it literally took away how i felt as a human and and for me that was that was a big thing i remember um when i had a really bad spill probably about 2 years after my breakdown or oh, maybe a year um, my psychiatrist who I love and I still see all the time, um, put me on double the maximum dose of the medication because it was a temporary thing, but I remember walking through a shopping center with my wife when I was on it. And this is, so this is 400 milligrams of Pristique, the maximum is 200 Holy Jesus. and I'm walking next to her, but literally it was like an body. I'm walking behind myself while I'm walking next to her and she's turning and talking to me, but I don't hear her until I've walked to where I was. And she's like, what are you doing? Like stop, because <laughs> they, they don't understand it. They're not doing anything at fault. They just yeah. don't get, it, it's such a commonality that here's medication, you're fixed. Here's medication, you're okay. But reality, it's their anxiety that we're safer on it, which is fine. And I'm fine with that. But that was for me, was the point of where in my head I'm like, I can't keep taking this medication because it's going to eventually just take me exactly where I was before I was on it because I'm not functioning as myself. Yeah.
1: So, Same as me, bro. It was just kind of that numbness of not feeling and then, you know, you'd be in relationships and they're like, you're just not there. I'm like, I don't feel there.
0: Well, you just don't care. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's it. They'd be like,
1: but yeah, and I'd find alcohol and other things to use to distract it because it was easier than trying to have the same conversations because I didn't have any answers because I didn't understand myself. Yep. You know? Yeah. People are you on the spectrum or something. I'm like, fuck, I'm just on this medication <laughs> just taking any existence away of what I feel.
0: Yeah. But- yeah. And then it, it's it, that, and that's a tunnel in itself. Um, and a i think a very long, deep one because every like there's so many medications, so many different reasons. And I guess we're not doctors, so I think it's nah, not my not thing for us to, yeah.
1: to comment. I just can only speak from my own experience of what it did for me. And you know, I'm, I'm a lot better off now.
0: So we, we get to now, the now you've you, you know, you're starting to send um, Everest. Um, the the journey so you you were in banks and then you started to progress down this like mental wellness this you talk, I think your first part was like your first talk at a kids school was it like was um, that the
1: actually no when I was at the bank um, <coughs> I took a year off in 2016, 16, 17 as a stay home dad I took a year career break um, after Eden was born from one to two and. I wrote an ebook and I started sharing lives of my journey just on randomly on Facebook. And it's funny when they pop up, I'm like, Oh my God. Uh (laughs) And, um, but I just shared it. I remember my first one, like 2000 people liked it. I was like, what the fuck is this about? Like, I was like, Oh, okay. People resonated with that. i just shared. I can't remember. It was like 10 minutes of just something. And, um, and then when I go back to Sun, after a year off, I went back to Suncorp, the bank and I just was like, I was a bank manager and I was like, no, I can do more than this. So I started really like going and talking to head office again, well, we need to do some more about mental health. And I started just being the go-to guy. So I started running some workshops and then other leaders would send me their people. Be, I'd, I kind of ditched my branch in a way and I'd go off and do things for them. International men's day, they flew me around Australia to speak at different events, sharing my own story. Um, and I just was like, yeah, then I started kind of doing a bit of study on it and then I started applying for jobs in it and then, yeah, 2017 or 2018, I left. 19, 18, 19, one of those anyway. <laughs> I was like, I'm out. I've got to go and do it. So now I work in mental health now, obviously. I um I started off, um, yeah, and, and at the same time, yeah, speaking in, I was speaking in some schools just through people I knew They got me to come and share in schools and that was pretty powerful, man. Like, So I just share my story and I you know, you have to be, careful of how much i shared but i share it but then it was when you left and seriously i'd get these kids literally coming out of the bushes oh can i just quickly speak to you Like, yeah no worries and they're sharing shit with you they've never shared with anyone and then i get the teacher ringing up and a week later going wow i just had parents ring the school and saying that the kids just gone home and opened up for the first time that they're struggling about something and i'm like
0: how good is that i'm like what that's wild that's so you
1: know and it's like did that do that? So I did a few of those and it's, schools are really hard, I found it hard to get into unless you didn't know, if you didn't know someone cause got so many rules and limited budgets and they have, and and they have other places that yeah. come in and I was doing it for free. I wasn't um, doing it for, for money. I was just was like, yeah, fuck, I'll come and do it. Like it was during work time. So I was getting paid by, <laughs> by other people. <laughs> so I was i like, kind of getting paid anyway. It's like, oh, it wasn't really too fast, but I just enjoyed doing it. And um, I got asked back to one school to do a workshop with um 15 guys. And I was like, and they said oh can you do a workshop with them and I was like well oh, about what and they're like well they're all just angry <laughs> right cool so I did a, I did this thing on how to deal with our emotions I just made it up I just made it up based on what I'd done with them I sat in a room I did a bit of an icebreaker with them and um, they're all a bit sort of standoffish you know 15 blokes in year 12 mate you know uh, we're alright they're all kind of connected I think friends and, um, and they'd all heard my story when I'd spoken a few months before so they kind of knew me anyway I just had a couple of worksheets we did in next minute. Fuck. They're all standing up. it just was like I wasn't there and they're just looking at each other going, Bro, I want to be there for you. But you know, when you're smashing doors down and doing this and trying to punch us, it just doesn't work, bro. We want to be there for you. And then this other guy's people standing up, they're like all of a sudden they're sharing their emotions with each other without smashing each other. And I was just like well, Fuck, and then one then the gossip, guy, he goes, Yeah, I, um, I smashed all my mum's doors um the other week. And I was like, Right. Why? Oh, just because my parents broke up. Right. Cool. Is it there? Is it? So why'd you do that? Oh, just because they, they wouldn't let me go to school. He's cool. What have you done about it? He's like, Nothing. Have you apologized? Nah. Because it was all about taking responsibility as well. Yeah. So I got feedback from him that, um, Within the week of leaving that thing, he went and fixed all the doors himself. How was that? And um, and then he reconnected with his friends, and he stopped fucking smoking weed. So just from having honest conversations, that he knew he actually wasn't on his own. Yeah, he was struggling. I like, got it right, and the, and his mates felt it. There was tears in this room. Fifteen young fellas having tears and shit. One guy had epilepsy. He didn't really have epilepsy. He just had an epileptic fit years ago, and he said he's, he's just told himself he's epileptic. Yeah, he never had one since. So I was like, "Well, yeah," and he went home that night and he told his parents, and had an open conversation about it. And then, because he'd shut away from them because he just thought he was a loser. Yeah. Just it opened up conversations I'd never had, and that was like, just made me go, "Man, I can, I, can, I get to make a difference." Just big from difference, sharing, right? Man, big difference. So, and even just thinking about it now, I probably didn't even realize it's, it's, I don't know, all the stuff we're talking about today. I probably haven't spoken about for ages, and I'm just like. Oh yeah, I did that. Fuck. And I'm not saying I did that out all yeah, look at me. I'm just going, this is the power of having vulnerable, tough conversations and in safe environments is that you'd be surprised who'll come and talk to you. Yeah. When I did the speaking things for Suncourt man, I had massive growing men coming up and crying afterwards, shaking my hand, going, You've just saved my marriage.
0: Because they just don't. Talk. And they haven't
1: even left the room yeah. yet. He's they just like one guy, this one guy came up to me and he's just fucking he wouldn't let go of my hand, he was massive, bawling his eyes out, and he goes I thought my wife was just being a dick. It's actually me. Yep. I'm about to go make a phone call with her. And I was just like, whoa, what the fuck, man? That was just sharing my story. I didn't share strategies or anything. I just shared my story from the heart. And a lot of that time was quite raw for me. So I'd be in tears and emotions were coming out because it was probably almost therapy still for me yep. going through my stuff. And I could talk about it a lot clearer now, but you know, a few years ago I couldn't. So, oh, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. So yeah, I work in mental health now. I know work in the community as a peer worker, so I with my lived experience and is it frustrating? Yep, because I don't think the system's great. No. But that's why I'm in there because I'm also different. Um, to the point where I was with someone the other day and they're like, why didn't you bring any pen and paper to that? I'm like, why did you? I've got to take notes. I'm like, well, how does that make that person freaking feel? Like they're a freaking experiment. Yeah. Mate, I've had I just told my boss the other day I've had I had, I've had i had one guy They're meant to be with us for four months He's ready to go in four weeks
0: Yeah He
1: goes, what'd you do? I said, had an honest conversation with us Listen. I listened yeah. I actually asked three questions On the first hour I met him And he talked for the next 48 minutes And afterwards he goes Fuck, I've never opened up like that before He goes, what did you do? I says, I just asked you three questions Don't ask me what the questions were I just asked him Based on what he was telling me and about- he, But he felt safe Because he knew that he knew I was genuine. He knew I was actually there to give a shit.
0: And you're there for the answer. That's yeah. a, that's yeah. a, that's the common one, right? People, I think it's the hey, how's your day? But I'm already walked past you by the time you've gone to answer, and so I don't give a shit. I don't care. Yeah. And and that's that's the big problem. I think not just in like mental health, but just in life, is people will say they're both okay, but neither of them are okay because we're so trained to not talk about emotions and talk about how we feel.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so it's tough. It's tough working in the in the thing, but then I'm kind of there because I want to be different and you know. It's and I obviously just and at the moment too I need the money because I'm trying to build up all the yeah, things. Man. So t- just, t-
0: tell me about uh, um so it's it's we overcome anything, is it? Is it? That- oh yeah, we overcome anything. So it's actually yeah, yeah. going to be
1: a year old actually in April and it's kind of just to be honest, it started off as a bit of a hobby. I just wanted to create a community which is on Facebook obviously um where people would come in, it was private, it was safe. I could, I would share whatever. I don't know. I just didn't know. I didn't know what I was going to look like. And then over the past year, I've just, I do lives on a Sunday night. It's a bit like this, but I just do a live of someone sharing their story. Um, every morning, I, every morning on my workout, I jump in for 15, 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and I share something, just my thought of the day, if you like, just whatever's come up for me. I'm, and I'm quite real of what I share. If, I, if I'm feeling shit, I tell them I'm shit. And then from there, I've kind of people wanted to work with me. So I do a bit of one-on-one stuff. I run a group coaching session on a Sunday afternoon now. Um, I've got people, a lot of people in there, the engagement's ridiculous at the moment just because people have seen how, I guess I've created the space, but then the people in it have made it because they're all connecting with each other and building Safe each other up. And, yeah, man. And some of the feedback I've had of the past little bit, I'm just, have had tears. I'm just like, what? Did I do that? I had this vision of that's what I wanted to do. But that's what I've done, and it's, to be honest, it's still kind of just a hobby. I'd I probably reluctant to call it the business because I don't want it. Look, if I can make money off it, great. But I'm reluctant to call it the business because it is a passion that yeah. I want to help people. That I don't want to charge a million dollars for people to come and see me. No. I want to charge an amount where people. Some of the people can't even afford to come and see me, but yeah. I just I, want, I want to just get rid of them. Yeah, if they need a couple of sessions just to have a chat, I will have a chat. That means they're going to save their life or they get to just feel heard for the first time. Happy
0: days. So per- purpose of the group essentially is to work through your shit. No,
1: the purpose of the group I think is it's a safe space to come and be yourself, find or find who you are. Cause we're all overcoming something, right? Overcoming isn't just mental health, right? Loss of someone grieving just could be anything. And it's, for a lot of people, we're holding on to things for, for years. Yeah. I've got people telling me things in this group they have, they've been holding on to for the same as me, 10, 15 years, right? So it's a safe space where you can learn, you can grow. You'll be around like-minded people who actually give a shit and will hold space for you. And you can share. It's like an open. It's not a, It's not the reshow. It's the you come in and it's the, everyone. Obviously, if you are people a bit out of line, right, no, yeah, come on, mate. But at the end of the day, People just get on there and share for two minutes. Hey, I'm struggling at the moment, and it's not a like a, it's a positive environment. This isn't coming in and like play victim. Yep. This is about coming and go. Hey, you say you're struggling, and we'll lift you. But if you come in and just, they're, 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 well, that's not going to work because people aren't going to respond to that. Correct. And then yeah, then there's obviously supports. You know, I have the group coaching, the one-on-one coaching, and then obviously the people connecting with each other behind the scenes the conversations that happen behind the scenes because I'll be like talking to someone I'm like we should connect with blah blah yeah yeah so it's community so in the past few weeks this has been the big thing community connection and courage is probably my three things I would stand by now because it's a community where people can come and feel connected and build some courage to know that they're not alone and they can go out to the real world and like I've done coming through mine like you've done bro you can go create where the fuck you want
0: yeah man that's awesome you
1: know what I mean so Long winded, bloody, whatever, but it's still it's evolving still because yeah. it's kind of just I'm like oh shit, it's been a year. I'm like what, yeah, you know, it's nuts.
0: Sick man, it's a good group. It's a good group to be in. I mean, um, we'll share it in the link and stuff as well, man. Um, mate, that's an epic journey, uh, epic story, and I can't wait to hear where else it goes. Is there anything else you want to share with me today?
1: Bro, looking at the time, I'm like let's keep talking, um, <laughs> keep going. But um, uh, look, I just think um. No matter where you are right now, there's, there's possibility for everyone and there's hope. And I guess I see that through the group. That some of these people have been there four or five months and said boo and now they're sharing some of their deepest, darkest stuff. And when I say the deepest, darkest, it's like in a, in a safe area where they just like they feel like they can be open and not judged. Yeah. And the thing is you've probably got people in your life right now that are judging you and they're not doing it intentionally. They just don't know how to be with you. So go find your tribe. Go find the people where you can go and be and rediscover who you are because no matter what's going on for you, there's people like us out there who will hold space for you. You just got to go find them, man.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Thanks, Rhys. Really appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much.
1: appreciate it, bro. Thanks for having me out. You're a freaking champion.
0: Oh, I don't have to. You're already here. You don't have to fluff me up. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. Cheers.
1: Give me the $20, man. (laughs)
0: Ha, 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 ha.